there, folks. It's me again, Marty. Hope you had a good week. How are y'all doing? Keeping well over the winter? Hope things are going well for you. How's this fucked up weather, eh? My God, can you believe on, uh, what was it, Tuesday, it got up to 13, it was over 13 degrees, and then, like, the day after that, it dropped down to minus four again, and we've got some snow flurries going on at the moment. It is really crazy what's happening with the weather this year. But having said that, with it looking like the weather was going to be warm for a bit longer, I did the great Rokuendai Ishikari dig out a bit early this year. I dug out the shed, the long walkway from the driveway to my shed through the garden on February 17th. Now, I have never, ever done that dig out this early. But uh, with the forecast, with it looking like things were going to warm up, we could be out cycling sooner than we think. So I thought, why not take the opportunity? I had no plans on Saturday. I had nothing doing. So got out there and dug it out. That is, it's hard work, but I got to say it, it feels, there's something just so satisfying about doing those hard jobs in your own garden, don't you think? It feels good. You know, afterwards... Yeah, you're tired, sweaty, maybe even a little dirty, but it feels good. Getting that hard work, that's real grunt work, you know. Love it. At the start, yeah, I mean, it was hard digging through the first parts of the, the hard pack ice and the snow. But then you get into a rhythm, you know, you get into a rhythm of digging up the snow in bricks and just piling them up in, in uh, what eventually turns out to be, a, I gotta say, a pretty impressive looking snow wall. Um, five hours it took me. It took me five hours to dig out both our sheds this year. Not a bad time at all. But it doesn't matter. Again, I had no plans, nowhere to be, no one to see, uh, no one to drive or pick up anywhere. It was just a Saturday on my lonesome. Time well spent in the garden with the great dig out. And again, yeah, I'd never done it that early. Um, but hey, it is what it is, and, and uh, getting ready for cycling, getting ready to get the bikes out on the road as soon as we can, got to be a good thing, right? But actually, I've actually seen a few people out riding already, and it looks great. Uh, the snowbanks in my neighborhood are still a bit high for me. You know, you can't see around the corners. Um, so it's not the safest thing in the world to do right now up here in Ishkari. Plus, you know, there's still tons of ice and snow actually on the streets here. Um, it's not Sapporo. I was down in Sapporo today, actually, and uh, it looked pretty clear. I saw quite a few people out on bikes already. I mean, the snowbanks aren't nearly as high uh, downtown as they are up here in Ishikari. So, yeah, the bikes are already out. I think I've seen a couple of people on Facebook as well that have had their bikes out. Pretty jealous, I gotta say, but um, it's gonna be a couple more weeks for us for sure. Uh, I was hoping to get out in February. That's probably gonna not happen. Um, but hopefully we beat the March 7th date this year. But is that hopefully or is that terrifying? Is that, you know, global warming raising its ugly head and, and, and showing us what it's all about? Because we're fucked, it looks like. Well, anywho, so to be ready, did the dig out, five hours, 
loved it. You know, a couple of people asked, you know, do your boys help you with that? Obviously, the one can't. He's in Tokyo. But that's one of those jobs that I keep to myself. That's, uh, that's one of my uh, little things that I like to do on my lonesome. It's more satisfying that way, you know, doing the hard thing. And it's also a great way to get an early night's sleep <laughs> after that kind of big job. I, at some point in the evening, I will be asleep on the couch. <laughs> that, that feels pretty good too. You just kind of drift off into Never Never Land, you know. But my God, the next day, my body was just wrecked. I mean, hamstrings, forearms, lower back, shoulders, even my hands. I mean, that much digging is really hard work. I mean... I was wondering about this though. If you were at the gym, I wonder how many reps that would have been. You know, lots of people do like four sets of 10 reps on the bench press. I have a feeling I did one set of a thousand reps digging out the sheds. So I, I dug out the, the garden shed that has the bike in it. And I dug out our second shed along the other side of the house. Um, just, you know, it's got some stuff in there we need for the spring. And uh, hey, got done. But yeah, my God, it, uh, it's a big toll on the body. It's a great workout. Hey, and plus, it always looks really cool on Facebook and Instagram, doesn't it? And the comments are always fun. Some people, you know, they say they don't like to post things, you know, not leaving anything of yourself uh, on the internet, you know, digital this, digital that. But what I post on Facebook and Instagram are actually, they're pretty benign, really. You know, there's nothing incriminating so it's a lot of fun and all your comments are a lot of fun as well so getting ready to ride in the early season the first step is digging out the bikes the second step is maintenance I'm actually just not long in from uh, having the bikes in the bike shop um, you know you got to take them in at the beginning of the season uh, get some work done for them and I had a feeling that my rear cassette uh, needed changing. I know I needed a new chain. Uh, I could, I could feel, you know, when shifting gears, that my uh, my chain had gotten longer, as they do overuse. I mean, when you're doing thousands of kilometers a year, you, stuff breaks down. You need you need maintenance. So, uh, so that's what I did today. And sure enough, my bike, Green Thunder, it's in its obnoxious greenery it needed uh it did need a, a new rear cassette it needed a new derailleur a uh, new chain uh the left brake needed work done uh new brake cable i think was that it for mine yeah that was it for mine and on my son's bike uh he there was a a part on his derailleur that was broken just the one part needed replacing so it was likely the guys at the shop, uh, I took it to Asahi Cycle. The guys at the shop said that um, he was probably having an issue with the chain coming off and that this one little part was why. Now check this out. Remember back last summer, I had that problem with the bike shop saying they were going to need 20 days to fix a broken gear shifter. Ridiculous. I got all that work done. I got the Tenken... Ah, you know what Tenken is? Tenken is like shock end for bicycles. 
So here in Japan, we have a thing for cars uh, called Shaken, and it's a roadworthiness test. If you get a new car, you need to get the Shaken done after three years to test if it's still roadworthy. You know, they test like the brakes, the lights. It's pretty comprehensive. And then after that, it's two years. And as the cars get older and older, you have to get the Shaken done every year. So that's a big part of the reason why you don't see a lot of older cars or you don't really see any beaters on the road here in Japan because they've got this roadworthiness test that the cars have to pass. Yeah, it's a scam, probably devised by the good people at Toyota, you know, to keep people buying new cars. But anyway, um, it does uh, keep junk off the road, I guess, you know. But anyway, uh, the bicycle equivalent of that is called Tenken. So I took the bikes in to get the Tenken done, so make sure they're both roadworthy. Uh, they were. Uh, that's not a lot of money to get done. Um, but you want them checked out, especially with the amount of riding I do. So they got Tenken du. Uh, they're all good. And another thing that my son's bike needed to get was a new TS sticker. Now here in Japan, if kids want to ride their bicycles to school, they have to get a TS sticker. TS stands for Traffic Safety. And it's proof of insurance. Uh, it's proof of a standard bicycle inspection, which is done by the Japan Traffic Management Technology Association. So they get this sticker on the bike that says they have insurance. It's officially been checked for its roadworthiness. They get the sticker on it. And this also provides them with insurance. So there's liability and damage compensation of up to 100 million yen. There's injury compensation of up to 1 million yen with uh, this TS sticker proof that you've paid it. It's just 500 yen. I don't need it on my bike as, well, we don't have that rule for just anybody riding around a bicycle. But if kids want to ride a bike to school, they must have this TS sticker, this traffic safety sticker that they have proof that they've got this uh, insurance done. So uh, I, I, I know it's super early. It's still late February. A lot of people aren't getting uh, bikes checked out or maintained or getting any work done on them until kind of before Golden Week or, or during the school spring holidays. But it just takes so much longer. I mean, obviously, right? Because you have wait times because, you know, bicycle shops get backed up and things like that. So, so I had the shed dug out. Why not get the bikes out? In the car, down to the shop. Now, they are 100% ready to go for when the season actually kicks off. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool, eh? That the kids need uh, that insurance to uh, be able to ride their bikes to school. I don't know if too many other countries have that. I know that's not a thing in Canada, um, but anyway. So he's got the official sticker on it. Uh, the tank end's done. And I was looking at a couple of bikes in the shop. You know, there was one that was a really, really good looking touring bike. What was it called? An adventure touring bike? But it was 170,000 yen. It, uh, Meriden was the maker. I think that's how you pronounce that. Or is it Meridian? Meriden? Anyway. Uh, 170,000 yen. 
I'm going to take my time finding the touring bike I want. In the meantime, I'm going to be sticking with Green Thunder. And that's it all maintained. And today's maintenance wasn't too bad. It cost me, for both bikes, uh, for the roadworthiness tests, the parts all needed to fix it, uh, the TS sticker, everything was 23,000 yen and change. So roughly, what's that? Roughly about $200 if you were to go by Canadian dollars. Not too bad considering you know how much the bikes actually save us in, in bus fare and, and all that kind of jazz. Uh, and how much the bikes helped me out, you know, all the health benefits, the mental health benefits, all of it, all of it, all in 200 bucks for, for maintaining the bikes, making sure they're not going to fall apart on us when we're on big rides or, or, you know, even just Joe to just eight kilometers down to his school. Pretty good. I'll take that. But check this out while getting ready over this past week. I came across some interesting facts for riding in Japan. There are five golden rules for safe cycling in Japan. Rule number one, cycle on the road and keep left. If you have to use the sidewalk, remember pedestrians have the right of way. Rule two, stop at all red lights and stop signs. Look both ways before proceeding. Rule three, turn on your lights at night. Rule four, don't drink and ride. Rule five, wear a helmet. Now, those are the five rules for safe cycling in Japan. These are the biggies. Let's talk about them a little bit, okay? Because there's some information in here that I didn't know until this past week. So, about rule number one, cycle on the road and keep left. Here we go. You must ride as near to the left or edge of the road as possible and not in the middle of the road. So folks, quite a few episodes ago, a long time ago, I was talking about how there was a cycling technique of riding through mountain tunnels. That technique being you just ride in the middle of the road and any car behind you be damned because you are getting through that tunnel without getting smooshed into the wall. Um, and I would never do that because that is scary as all get out. But that is actually illegal to do here in Japan. Now check this out. If you are caught riding in the middle, holding up traffic like that, there are there is a penalty. There are penalties for all these things that I didn't know. But check this out. That is a possible imprisonment for up to three months or up to a 50,000 yen fine. Wow. No way. As if I wasn't already chick enough, chicken enough to not ride in the middle of the road. There's no way I'm, I was ever going to do it. But now that it's possible imprisonment, no thank you. Also, check this out. You're supposed to use the bike lanes wherever available and wherever possible because there might be obstructions like, you know, construction or whatever. But also check this out, cyclists. Failing to use bike lanes is also punishable by a fine of up to 20,000 yen. Niman. Wow. And 
If you have to use the sidewalk for reasons like construction or, or whatever, you have to stay as far to the right of the sidewalk as possible and you must not impede the flow of pedestrians. If you are caught doing some stupid shit on the sidewalk, getting in the way of pedestrians, not letting pedestrians have the right of way on the sidewalk, that is also punishable by up to a 20,000 yen fine. Who knew all of these actions on bikes was punishable by possible prison? I mean, seriously, somebody's going to put you in fucking jail for riding in the middle of the road? I don't think so. I think you probably get the ticket first, but it is on the books. It is possible imprisonment. Woo! Rule number two. Obey traffic signals. Now, red lights, stop signs. Ignoring these on your bicycle could get you, check it out, possible imprisonment for up to three months or a fine of up to 50,000 yen. Whoops! Now, how many of us out there, you know, you can see cars from miles around at some of these stop signs. How many of you don't stop at stop signs? How many of you don't stop at red lights? Woohoo! Be honest, folks! Anytime you've done so, you could have gone to jail for three months! Whoops! <laughs> but that's kind of a no-brainer, right? You're on a bike. You are technically a vehicle. I mean, ignoring stoplights and stop signs? Yeah, alright. This coming season, I'll be a bit more careful. Rule number three. Turn on your lights at night. Now, with this rule, they are only talking about your headlight. They didn't say anything about tail lights, so you have to turn on your headlight. Check this out! Failing to turn on your headlight is punishable by up to a 50,000 yen fine. God damn! 50,000 yen for not turning on your headlight? Now, I wonder how much wiggle room there is there for this, because I've been out at night, and my battery has simply died on me. It's, it happens. I'm sure it's happened to you. Now, if you were to get pulled over by a cop who was in an extremely bad mood one evening, would he actually hit you with a 50,000 yen fine? Now, notice all of these say up to. The maximum is 50,000 yen for that. That seems pretty harsh though, doesn't it? 50,000 yen because you don't have a light on? Ooh, man, I don't know. I... I Mm, I don't think you'd, you'd, I highly doubt people would actually pull you up on that. But it is on the books, folks. Now, rule number four, no drinking and riding. Folks, this probably doesn't really have to be said. I mean, if you're drunk and operating a vehicle, a bicycle is a vehicle, you, check this out. Possible imprisonment of up to five years. That's right. Five years for drinking and cycling. And or a fine of up to one million yen. Could you imagine that? Wow, that 
uh, yeah, five years in prison for drinking and cycling, man. But I figure, I reckon, man, you gotta be pretty fucking smashed to 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 incur five years in prison, or you gotta really cause some serious injury to some poor schmuck while you're drunk and riding. I mean, that. That's a serious, serious penalty, don't you think? I mean, while I've been out on the road a couple of times, um, hey, I've been at a restaurant and I've had a beer at lunch. A beer at lunch. See, I don't think I'm getting up to five years in prison for that. (laughs) But I guess it's possible because Japan does have that zero tolerance. And I mean, they mean... Zero. You know how there's that thing in Canada, or not just Canada, quite a few places where you can have a couple of drinks over the course of an evening, still get in your car and drive home. Not here. Japan has a zero tolerance for alcohol in the blood while operating a motor vehicle. And bikes, bicycles are uh, the same. So... Folks, be careful, but I don't think I know anybody that gets fucking smashed and rides around on their bike. You know what I mean? Um, I I just, I haven't seen it. But, uh, but because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So I guess there's a reason this stuff's on the books, right? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Which brings us to rule five, helmets. Now, this was kind of really interesting. They say, Cyclists should make reasonable efforts to wear a helmet. When carrying a child on a bicycle, the cyclist should make reasonable efforts to make sure that the child wears a helmet. And parents and guardians should make reasonable efforts to make sure that their children wear a helmet when riding a bicycle. Very interesting wording, don't you think? What constitutes a reasonable effort? Hmm. Well, you see, officer, I went to the bike store and they just didn't have my color in helmets. So I'm not wearing one. Hmm. An interesting wording for those uh, official things that the Japanese safety people uh, give for wearing helmets. But check this out. For not wearing a helmet... There is no fine. There is certainly no imprisonment. There is no punishment for not wearing a helmet. So um, I don't know how they enforce that. But I found a little bit more information about it. Apparently, about 65% of cyclist fatalities were because of head injuries. That's from data between 2018 and 2022. Unfortunately, it wasn't listed how many fatalities there were, um, but, wait, is that, uh, anyway, was that unfortunate? I don't know, maybe it's better not to know. But anyway, of all cyclist fatalities, 65% were due to head injuries, and that's people not wearing a helmet, so. No fine, no punishment for not, but, eh, wear a helmet, folks, it's better. Or, hey, at least make the reasonable effort. (laughs) Um, So those are the five rules. Those are the five golden rules in Japan for safe cycling. And 
I really like how they actually had safe cycling. They didn't say safety cycling. <laughs> there are also some prohibited riding practices. Check it out. Entering a railroad crossing without stopping is also a big no-no. Punishable by up to three months in prison or, that's right folks, 50,000 yen. A 50,000 yen fine. Riding a bicycle with an umbrella up can cost you up to a 50,000 yen fine. Wearing earphones while riding can also cost you up to, that's right folks, 50,000 yen. Riding with faulty brakes can cost you up to 50,000 yen. Very difficult to check that one, but I guess in, if an accident happens, you know, they can determine why didn't you break? Well, sorry officer, my brakes didn't work. Which after today, now I know for sure my bicycle and my son's bicycle's brakes are Jim Fine and Dandy. Here's another good one for you folks. Using a cell phone while cycling can cost you up to 50,000 yen. And here's one of the favorite ones the Japanese police like to do. Uh, is uh, knocking kids back for riding side by side. Riding side by side with a friend can cost you up to the meager amount of 20,000 yen. So apparently they don't think that one's so bad. But it does take up more road space. So when you're riding along, ride single file. I mean, you do see police kind of stop kids and say, hey kids, you know, move over. But I wish more of them do, because high school kids can be such assholes. Eh? They just they don't move for anybody, take up the whole sidewalk. I don't know what it is. They just they just don't seem to care. It's uh it's kind of a weird thing. The entitled little shits. <laughs> I found some information about riding with passengers. There are only two instances when it's okay to ride with a passenger. Cyclists age 16 and older can ride, one, a standard bike with one child safety seat with one child under six years old. The other instance where you can have a passenger on a bicycle is a cyclist age 16 or older can carry up to two infants under six years old if the bike is of that design. Now, what I mean there is we have bicycles here in Japan that are built with two baby seats. One in the back, one in the front. If the bike is specifically made like that, a cyclist of older uh, than 16 years old can ride with two kids on the bicycle. Those are the only two instances in which you can ride with a passenger. Which is another thing police really like to do. You know, pulling over junior high school kids, high school kids who are doubling their friends on their bikes, whether the kid is, whether the kid, one kid's cycling, you know, standing up riding, the other kid's sitting in the saddle, or a kid sitting on the handlebars while somebody rides, or a kid sitting on the rack in the back while somebody rides, whatever it is, illegal. Dame des. You cannot ride uh, with a passenger in Japan unless it's only those two instances. And I found out another very interesting fact. 
If you're cycling in Tokyo, you must enroll in insurance that enables you to compensate for damages to another person caused while riding a bicycle. Now, that's, they say there were other cities around Japan, but the only one that was named was Tokyo. Very interesting. Kind of similar to what my son uh, had to get for riding his bike to his high school. High school students, high school students, sorry folks, high school students need that insurance as well. I don't. But if I was living in Tokyo, I need that kind of insurance. And it's mostly for damages, to compensate for damages to another person while riding. So, didn't know that. But that's the Tokyo thing, and I'm up here in Sapporo, or Hokkaido, anyway. Um, the, also, check this out. There is also a safety lecture for cyclists. Now, you may have to attend a cyclist safety lecture if you have been fined two or more times within a three-year period, right? If you get busted running a stop sign, if you get uh, busted using your cell phone, whatever, any of those fines, any of those infractions I talked about just a second ago, if you have two or more of those fines within a three-year period, you may be ordered to attend a cyclist safety lecture. If so, you will be ordered to attend in writing by the Public Safety Committee. If you are made to attend, you have to pay 6,000 yen for the privilege of attending the three-hour lecture. Now, failure to attend could cost you up to, here it is again, folks, a 50,000 yen fine. So, there you have it, folks. Some of those fines feel pretty steep, though, eh? Don't you think? It, um, actually, it sounds really steep. I mean, I the drink driving one, the drink riding one, yeah, I can see that because you could be a complete yard sale and cause all kinds of traffic problems. I mean, you could cause car accidents. You could plow through, in Ishikari, you could plow through senior citizens just about every corner. And God knows they don't take falls very well, do they? So that's a distinct possibility. I can see that one. But, I mean, riding with the umbrella up, uh, I don't know. Failing to, but I guess you can't see where you're going in that case, right? But 50,000 yen for that? I mean, I, I, you see people doing it all the time in the rain. Not stopping for a railroad track? I mean, what if you're in the middle of nowhere? There's clearly no train coming. There's no trees, no obstacles blocking your view. 50,000 yen for that? But I guess, you know, I guess they got to have these things on the books as deterrence to bad behavior. But hey, folks, be honest. How many of you are guilty of quite a few of those offenses? <laughs> but running a red light or, or blowing a stop sign in your car is only 9,000 yen. So, but I guess that's what the up to 50,000 yen is. I guess they won't hit you with that maximum fine right away, I guess. I personally have never been given a ticket while riding my bicycle. Knock wood. 
Let's hope that doesn't happen this year, especially now that I've gone and tempted the fates by saying that. Let's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take it on my bike. No. And also, did you know that every bicycle in Japan, when you buy one at a shop, must be registered with the police? Did I say that weird? Every bicycle must be registered with the police. You have to register it with a, a Bohan Torok. That, uh, in English, that would be anti-crime registration. Now, this is meant to actually help with bicycle recovery when they are stolen. Don't know if you knew this or not, folks. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, Japan is very, very safe, very, very low crime. But for some weird reason, it's open season on bicycles. I am not joking. Bicycles get stolen left and right in this country. It is a very, very weird thing. You know, you hear stories of people dropping their wallets. Wallets get returned to the police station with all of the money inside, right? But for all kinds of stories like that, you know, it's safe at night for women, you know, walking through the cities. It's, it is a safe, safe place. But for some reason, bicycles get stolen. I mean, not just whole bicycles. People will steal parts off a bicycle. You know, I've heard seats getting stolen. I've heard front wheels getting stolen. It's a bizarre thing. And I found out a little more information. Um, the five most common places to get your bike stolen are train stations, schools, shop fronts, large exhibition events, and actual bike shops. Bicycle shops are getting bikes stolen when they have the outdoor displays in the spring, you know, like the new models or whatever. Um, but I guess that makes sense, doesn't it, right? Isn't that like that old bank robber? I can't remember the guy's name, but remember that bank robber? What was his name, like Willie O'Keefe or something like that? I can't remember. Um, a reporter or somebody asked him, why did you rob banks? And he answered, that's where the money was. <laughs> I guess if you're a bike thief, right? Bike shops are a pretty safe place to go and find what you're looking for. <laughs> but let's hope uh, nothing gets stolen. I do not want my bike stolen. But I've, it's one of the more difficult crimes to solve because one reason police can't solve these crimes is because the people that get their bike stolen don't know who stole it. It's not like it's a crime of passion. It's just somebody going through the station parking lot and finding a bike they like. You know, I was also reading that the, the bikes that are in high demand are like, you know, high-end uh, high road bikes, high-end mountain bikes, things that look valuable. You know, like if you're riding a Mama Cherry, you know, you know, like a standard regular bike with mud flaps and shit on it, it's probably pretty safe. You know, people aren't looking for it. The resale value isn't there, so they're not going after that kind of bike. But and apparently, uh, bike the bike uh, bike thefts happen so fast because they just cut the chain and they're gone. Right? It, it, nobody really ever sees a bike uh, theft happen in person because it's so fast. It just Bada boom, bada bing, and they're away with the bike. You know, you come out of the train station at the end of your day and whoops, my bike's gone. So 
very, very difficult crime to solve. But I have heard of people getting their bikes back. One time, a bicycle, one of my students' bikes, got stolen from right out front of my house. I was having a, an evening lesson in my house. The student left his bike in front of my house, not locked, but we live in a very quiet neighborhood. And at the time, it was much, much quieter. But he comes out of the lesson, his bike's gone. We didn't really realize anything was wrong until later that evening, there were police lights flashing out front of our house. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> what's up? And we go outside and the police are measuring our uh, walkway and all this kind of jazz and our students there. And he's like, yeah, my bike got stolen. Um, a couple of weeks later, he actually got his bike back. It was found at a train station a few kilometers away. What looked like it happened is that somebody walking through the neighborhood probably had been shopping at the supermarket down the street, didn't want to make the long walk all the way to the station, scooped the bike, rode to the train station, and just left it there. So that happens quite a bit. Some bike thefts are people treating other people's bikes like community bicycles, you know? That happens, and it's a, it's a weird thing but, you know, a society like Japan, where everybody's super polite, uh, crime's not really a problem, bicycles are an open target. It, I don't know why. It's a, it's a weird thing. I, I had another friend of mine, he um, had two locks cut off, you know, come, come back and, and the locks were cut off and the bike was gone. Um, hey, so be careful out there with your bikes, folks. Make sure you lock them up. So, that is us ready for bicycle season. We've got new parts. The bikes are all roadworthiness checked. Um, we've got the TS sticker for Jota. The shed's dug out. The pathway's dug out. The thaw was here, um, but it looks like it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be a little bit while longer uh, before we're actually out riding. But again, if we were in Sapporo, I think it looks like I'd be out riding around the city now. Sure, it'd be local and it would be urban riding, which is you know really different than being out in the mountains and out in the woods and things like that. But it would still be getting kilometers in. Um, one cycling friend of mine who, who lives kind of up north of the city as I do, you know, we're still looking at the roads and we're still a ways away from actually getting out. Uh, there's still you know, probably a foot of uh, hard packed ice and snow uh, on the roads, even with that 13 degree Tuesday. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit still before we're out on the bikes. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of interesting finding all that uh, information about fines and penalties and rules of the road for cycling in Japan. Yeah. Um, hey, all good. All good. So hopefully I don't break quite so many bicycle rules this year. <laughs> now, that, now that I'm aware of them, I'm probably going uh, to be a bit better behaved. I'm sure not all of you will be because it's all part of the freedom of being out on a bike, ain't it? Don't you feel good out on your bike? Don't you feel free? Don't, you know, stress, worry, tension... It just falls away when you're out on your bike, doesn't it? Don't, don't you think that? I mean, I, I know I do. It's, it's such a release. It's such an escape. I, now, sorry, 
not to keep going on about this because I know um, I talked about it uh, in an earlier podcast, but uh, hey, there it is again. And guys, I have got to give a shout out to my dad, who is an absolute fucking soldier. Yesterday, he got the all clear. He is free of cancer over the course of a very long year, over the course of chemotherapy, radiation treatment. Folks, none of that. If you're going through it right now, my heart goes out to you and I wish you all the best and I hope you beat the shit out of it because cancer is a nasty motherfucker and I don't wish that on any of you. But from for me, for, for my little corner of the world, my dad got the all clear. He beat it. He fucking beat it. And I couldn't be prouder of him. And I'm so happy he gets to move forward, uh, you know, rehabilitate himself, get into his, his treadmill and, and all the kind of good stuff that he wants to be doing back into his band and music, you know, things that cancer and chemo and uh, all that shit you know, kept him on the sidelines for the past year. So, Dad, if you're listening to this, congratulations. And me, uh, Haruka, Kaito, Joto, we are so happy, so proud of you, the way you went into this whole thing with just a, a mentality of steel will. I mean, my God. Fantastic. Okay, so there's, uh, yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. And any again, anybody, if you're out there, if you're dealing with cancer, if you're going through it, if you're going through pain with a loved one, if you're going through it yourselves, I, I wish you all the best and I hope you get the result that you want and I hope you, you kick its ass. All right, guys, I'll see you out on the road, okay? Thanks, folks. Love you. Bye.